Hey, it's Sky Brothers here. View from the cheap seats this week. We have an unbelievable guest. Uh, he played for in the NFL, had over ten thousand six hundred yards rushing, and now he's got a great acting career. He's Thomas Q. Jones. Man, did you have fun on the show? Man, I had a blast on this show. Thank we you so much deep. for inviting me. Yeah, we got super deep, man. It was early in the morning out here in the West Coast. Man, Listen, y'all, got man, my, y'all got my brain working early, man. Talk so. Issues. I'm yeah. talking issues. I'm saying, look, we got so deep, we put her butt to sleep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is Esther of Wood Rosin. No. I don't know, does this? I don't know, does this sound normal to you? I got a question for you. I wanna just sound super normal so I can go to school and get a scholarship. Don't take away daddy's car. I just want to sound good enough so I can get a broadcast job. Is this good? Does this work? Monica? Monica? I don't know. I'm gonna snap on bell my split like cut up with an apple like your big one did. Yo, the grandpa shows what I'm cutting up in apples. Is he having other tricks? What does he make fucking furniture in a show? I just, I'm just... I'm just looking for a friend. I'm just looking for a friend. That's all. I don't want to find one. Why did you stop like that? I thought I was supposed to echo out or some shit, right? I'm I was supposed to just to want a friendship. Welcome to Twisting the Wind, a.k.a. Hands on the Branch, a.k.a. The Executive Buffet. My name is Johnny Pemberton. You can't get sibilance without getting a bit of it. You can't say it without getting some sibilance. Is that what it is really called? Is that called sibilance? So when you get the then that and the and the and the yeah, that would be a great name for a rapper. If so, sibilance. But nope, it's not. Maybe it is. You can never know what is in a name and what is right. Nowadays, I mean, with the media, with the media as it is nowadays, you never know who is a name of something that it is than when it might not be. Either way, thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind. Thank you for coming back. 
Thank you for stepping in for the first time. Thank you for returning for the second time, if it's the second time you're listening. And if it's the third, then I think you're really going to start to find out who your friends are. You know, you're going to start to really figure out who is a part of this and who's not. If it's your fourth time listening, I think you, I think you, you kind of know. You know, you've been around the block a couple times, you kind of get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You kind of like get how it works, you know. You, you get the players. You know the players, you know the game. Uh, it was your fifth time listening to Twisting the Wind. Wow. I mean, geez, I guess, uh, I guess you're, you're doing something. You're doing something right in your life, okay? Because you're here. This is a positive zone. This really is. Sometimes it's not totally. <laughs> well, I just contradicted exactly what I said. Sometimes, sometimes it's not completely, but it always acknowledges the negativity. See, that's the thing. When you get to round six, that's when you're, when you're listening to the podcast for the sixth time, that's a great sound. If you can pull it off, a lot of, a lot of babies have trouble with sixth. They say like six, sixth, or something, you know, there's all kinds of ways to say it wrong. But those fucking babies, they sure, <laughs> they sure are good at saying sixth wrong. If it's your sixth time here, wow, what a time. That's really special, and I'm happy to have you here. You definitely know the players. You definitely know the game. You're probably contributing a bit. You've probably shot off an email or two. You've definitely rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes and every place else that consumes maybe, 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 maybe Pod Bay. Maybe a little bit of Pod Bay here. Is that a place? Pod Bay? Maybe, maybe you're doing it on Stitcher. Oh, I got it on Stitcher. Oh, a little bit of Stitcher there, eh? That's what you're doing for you on the sixth. Listen. Oh, those of you who are joining uh, me, us, you're joining us because when you listen, it's a collective experience. It just becomes that, just not just the way the nature of the universe works. So it is always in us. It's not just me, even though I'm here by myself right now. But, you know, I'm not really here by myself. I'm here by myself in this room where I am. There's a big stick here. I found this really big stick. Do you ever do that? Do you ever do that? Do you ever find a stick and uh, want to pick it up, but are embarrassed to do so? You're like, you know, because <laughs> that's the thing I did with this stick. I, I, I like trees. I like trees a lot. Like, I really do. Trees are um, not, not, in, not in the sense of necessarily like a tree hugger. Well, I don't know. You know, maybe I am a tree hugger and just, just not your average tree hugger. But... I really like trees. I don't think I just love a big the bigger tree the bit just they're just good. There's never been a time when I was like, "Oh, well, uh, oh, a tree? Oh, great." <laughs> Can you imagine that guy, the guy who's like, ah, "Well, you know, it'd be nice. It just uh, has a lot of trees here. Sure are a lot of trees." If we get some of these fucking trees, maybe we'd have a have a have a golf course. <laughs> maybe, we'd, maybe we'd have um. Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I love the lot, Jonathan. I love the lot. It's a great place for a house. It just, it's just only oh, all these trees. I don't know. It's like, what, what are they? What are they doing here? I mean, how long? Have, how long have they been here for? A while. These trees. It just they look. They look so. You know, they're kind of like all like, you know. You know what I mean? They look kind of like look kind of like poor people. Yeah, these trees look kind of learning like poor people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to get, get get this out of here. But um let's do two ways. Let's uh we'll recount we'll, we'll recombat. We'll re recounter offer combat uh lower number because of all the trees. And or you can uh simply give us uh, two months deciding time and get those get those uh 
I don't even, don't even want to say it again. Get the, get them out of here, all of them, all every one of them, and uh, we'll start from scratch. You know, some some scrub maples and some uh, bullshit bush and some um, canker funkers. And uh, we'll we'll probably accept we'll take the offer as an as an out. But as the the uh, the lot the huge lot right now, which we're, uh, no. God, imagine if somebody actually talked like that and felt that way. Whoa, that would suck. But seriously though, <laughs> there are people out there who hate trees like that. Either way, back to the story. Back to my riveting story here on Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton, episode 56 with an incredible guest. Coming up, 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 when you get down. So I'm walking to the post office. I walk to the post office a lot. It's not that far away from this office area here that I am in right now. Not that far. Love love the post office. Anyone who hates the post office is on their way to hitting trees. Yeah, yeah, you know, snail mail's not that useful anymore, all that crap, but you know what? There's not a single person on the planet who doesn't like getting a piece of legitimate mail. Ugh, it's the best. It'll never not be good. It'll just never, ever not be good. That being said, if you got something you want to send me that isn't going to poison me, <laughs> uh, poison me in a bad way, um, hint, bonk. that was the fucking... Dumbest hint in the planet. God, it's like now I have to like what what this intro has become is me trying to go back and um do damage control on the things that I said, not because they're bad, only because it's like I don't like what I said. Either way, that was the worst hint, the worst hint ever. <laughs> yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you want to send me something that's not poison, <laughs> uh, email me and uh, I'll give you the PO box address. I've had some people send me some cool stuff, some records. Oh, man, great stuff. Records, records, stickers, arties, artists and stuff. Anything, any t- if, you, if you're an artisan, I want your product, okay? So I'm walking to the post office. Love walking to the post office. And uh, walk by this big old stick. It's probably about seven feet long, and it's bifurcated in two places. That means it's split in two, like a, <laughs> like the... Like a snake's tongue, you know? Snake's tongue is bifurcated. It means it's by Greek Greek root for two, forcated. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. I'm getting into etymological territory. That I don't know. It's a little too deep for me. Either way, this thing is a, this is a bat. This is a, I see this stick, right? But I also see a bunch of workmen uh, on their lunch break, you know, hanging out in the shade. And it's in clear view. Well, no, I think I passed by these guys on the way to the post office i see them and then i see this stick and uh it's kind of like a low you know it's the low-key day it's it's the residence everyone's off with their fucking shit job so it's kind of not ha- not much happening here um and i see this stick and i'm like man i want that stick you know but it's such a big stick and i'm like i'm kind of like a little embarrassed to be carrying it around because like what the fuck is this guy doing with the stick but it doesn't matter because I, I want the stick so and also these workmen on the way there, they're like looking at me, you know. I always feel like whenever you're walking on the sidewalk, people don't have anything to do. When they when they actually have something to do, and they're people who do stuff, like those guys are, you know, putting in drywall or like paving something. They're actually doing an actual thing as opposed to what 90% of people do at a fucking office. Uh, they're like, you know, judging me, of course. We all think that, right? Or at least the uh, those of us who um, are slightly crazy, 
and uh, so entirely too self-aware. So I'm thinking about, oh, what are these guys thinking about me? Because it doesn't, because it matters, right? Because it matters so much what they think of me. It doesn't matter. Either way, I'm thinking about it. On the way back, deliver my letter, deliver, deliver my package. Sent my brother some stuff in the mail. That's a fun thing. Surprise, you got some cool shit. <laughs> I see that stick and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking this goddamn stick. I'm picking it up. So I pick up that stick and I'm carrying with it, you know. And sure enough, um, people saw me carrying it. Those workmen saw me carrying that stick and I got my headphones in. I'm just like, just who cares? Just keep walking. Doesn't matter. I'm sure that they had a nice little chat about that, you know. This, this fucking white guy carrying around a stick. Big old stick. It's more of a branch, actually. I'm looking at it around. It's more, it's more of a, like a, like a pre-limb. Like a, like a, it was on its way to being a limb. Real good hardwood. I'm pretty sure it's hardwood. It's definitely not softwood. It's not, pine, it's not a pine tree. But here in California, you never know what these, these hardwoods sometimes aren't. <laughs> not so hard, you know what I mean? Real good, real good piece of stick there. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is the trees are good. And I like sticks. I'm real happy with that. And if you're listening for the seventh time to this podcast, you probably are a tree person too. So good luck with trees. Keep keep letting those trees grow. Keep being one with the trees. The trees are our friends. The trees are friends. I'm so fucking serious about that. Sometimes, you know, I kind of diverge into a weird voice on this on this podcast, on this radio show, and it uh, maybe seems like I'm being sarcastic, and a lot of times I am, a lot of times I am being sarcastic, but it's like a special sarcasm where we're really far away from, we're hitting it over the head with the the opposite, to say the opposite, you know what I mean? It's that kind of a commentary, but what I'm talking about right now is with these, with these trees, with these trees, man, I fucking love trees. If you've got a tree book, if you've got a badass tree book, like one that's like, can really help me identify trees, I'll take it. That's what we need more of. I think if people could more readily identify trees, we would be more into trees. We'd have more of them in general. Because, you know, trees, if you know what you like, then it's easy to like it, right? Imagine if your favorite food, you didn't know what it was. That'd be pretty hard to like it, right? If you didn't know what pizza was, because pizza is everyone's favorite food, at least for uh, six months of their life, usually ages from uh, seven to seven and a half, you, <laughs> pizza is your favorite food. Uh, I remember those days. I just, what's your favorite food? Pizza. What, what, what's your favorite Pizza. Pizza, 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 pizza. Everyone says pizza. Such an easy answer. It's like back in the, uh, when I went to college. Yeah, I went to college. Look where it got me. I, uh, we have that nice, you know, you know, have one of those things where everyone meets on the floor, the, the floor of men who are living together. They have like a, a meeting at the, the room at the end of the hall, an, inter- an introductory, get to know you, right? Get to know you, what do they call it? There's a name for it, like a welcome meeting, an intro, you know, a thing where the RA is like, hey, say your name and where you're from and what's your major and what you like. And maybe, uh, uh the last, your last really good movie you saw, <laughs> And we did that in my freshman year of college. I was down there in fucking hot as all, snake breath, Florida State. And uh, lo and behold, if 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 uh, 95, maybe 90% of the people in this room, probably about 30, 40 guys, every single one of them, 
upon answering the question about the movie on this, you know, take your turn, go around the circle. Your favorite movie is... The Matrix. <laughs> right? That's a safe one. You gotta like The Matrix. I mean, could you imagine saying you didn't like the fucking Matrix back in 2000? Back in the year 2000? Whoa, that'd be a hard place to be. That'd be like... I don't know. It'd be like a lot of things. Doesn't matter. Uh, 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 bus rarely, bus rarely, bus fucking rarely, bus fucking rarely. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for emailing me. It's uh, twistinthewind at gmail.com. That's twistinthewind at gmail.com. Also, if you get a trance, please tell your friends about the podcast and um boom 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 boom. Oh god! Hello? 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 What number are you calling? You've dialed the wrong number! Sorry! What good is that? How can you ever repay the 30 seconds you have stolen from my life? I hate you, your husband, your children, and your relatives! Thank you for calling. How can I help you? Uh, yeah, I just uh, called a minute ago. I was trying to uh, t talk to somebody in the uh, cake department. I did, and they like said, uh, I just got to come by. Um... It just was really frustrating, you know, because I'm like, um, I wonder if there's somebody what else. What were you looking for? Well, I'm looking for a gift for somebody. I just don't think they're going to be able to help me out because it's like I can't come by right now. Uh, I wonder if it's like a clothing area or something else that's like a good, you have like a gift zone. What's the best section for like a gift? Um... I mean, what would you get somebody? Somebody who's like a real dramatic kind of person who's like really uh, like into the theater, you know, theater arts. He's a friend of mine. He's a, his name's Eddie Pepitone. He's a real talented guy, and I wanted to give him something that's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think if I can talk to the right section. They might be able to help me out, like, because just lend some uh, inspiration. Hmm. It's hard to figure out. I know. I know we have clothing here. See what I'm saying? It's pretty difficult, isn't it? It's kind of... <laughs> it is. It's it is. really difficult. You know, that's the thing about these artists. You. you know, these artists, they just like, they're so, uh, they're so picky. They just, they got such their brains in the clouds and stuff. So it's hard to figure them out, you know, so. Well, maybe, um, maybe they'd like a CD. A CD. In a CD. Yeah, a CD, yeah, which like, would be music. Music, yeah. Everybody likes music, right? Sue's the uh, soul of the savage beast. Isn't that what it is, the music? That's right. Mm -hmm. Is that what they're saying? Is that the um, saying? I don't know. Is that it? Hmm? Is that the saying? I can't remember. It's something like that, right? The, 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 old, so. the old saying? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, that's right. Yeah. Hold on, sir. Okay. Um, Could you hold a minute? No problem, no problem. Yep, right here. Okay, I'm not for sure um, how I could um, help you other than um, give you 
you know, music is a good idea for, you know, dramatic people. Okay. And, um, Maybe connect me. Unless, there... I mean, like, um, oh, crap. I don't know what kind of craft items. Mm-hmm. Oh, craft, yeah, craft. Craft items, um, kitchen, I don't know. Kitchen I knife? I wouldn't have any idea. Kitchen item. Oh, kitchen item, yeah, because kitchen knife. That I was wondering, you're not supposed to give knives as a gift, right? It's like a thing that sends a bad message, you know, like like you do something with it you don't want to do. I don't know. Yeah, no, kitchen items mean yeah. um, things for your house, household, yeah. housewares. Like a mixing bowl. Right. Right, or like a cupcake, but, uh, um, cupcake tins. Those are good cupcakes, make little cupcakes. Yeah, hmm. but I don't um, have any other ideas. Those are good ideas. But like you, like um, the other person said, you'd have to come in here and look and mm-hmm. see. Cause, right. Um, the thing is, is you know, sometimes when you get in a place, it's got a lot of options. Like you ever go to the Cheesecake Factory? I can't go there because when I go to the Cheesecake Factory, the menu's so big that I just get like I'm sitting there for an hour and a half. I'm overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed, and I like I can't make a decision because I'm thinking too much about what the decision's going to be. So that's why, like, I right. I try to like plan it out. Now, when I go to the Cheesecake Factory, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go Mexican, or I'm just going to do pasta, or you know, right. I'm not even going to look at the appetizers. You know, it's that kind of thing. Right. And you guys, you know what? Gotcha. This okay. Is, you'd have to come to the store. Right. Jewelry. Jewelry, okay, jewelry. They have yeah. really cute gifts. They have cups. They have cups, all kinds of cups, and you know um, that say things on it. Okay, and I was going to say and plaques. stuff like that. I never thought about uh, yeah. when you say jewelry. I think of like a go, necklace. Go to the jewelry. Yeah. Well, they have rings and mm-hmm. bracelets and watches and you know okay. stuff like that. Could be ideas. I think that's I like that idea right there. That's gonna be a good one, and that's gonna be a good place to start. I think. So make it, make your list, and then go to the jewelry section, and then maybe from there you could say, hey, you know, what other area of the store can I go to? And maybe that can give you some inspiration. Put the blinders on. Too. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I could have so someone it doesn't uh, overwhelm you. I could have someone go. Anyway, I have another call okay. here, and not meaning to scooch you off. I understand. No, you didn't. Just no meaning. scooching. No scooching happened here. It was All right. Good, good scooch. But I thought maybe I could help. Thank you so much. It's good help. You're welcome. Bye bye. Oh my God. Um, hello, Johnny. Oh, it's Eddie so Pepitone, and God, it's good to be in Atwater Village. God, it's good to be here with EP. <laughs> can you see me? <laughs> That'll be my talk show. That'll be my. Uh, EP, you'll come out you and sing me? that. E, I'll be like the little uh, the intro singer guy. EP, yeah. can you see me? <laughs> and it's just a montage of my different moods behind you, <laughs> like moods, you know, like me on a park bench, you know, feeding pigeons really happy. Uh, me in my apartment, like arguing with my wife, unhappy. Uh, me at the doctor getting bad news. Me at the doctor getting good news. You know. And you're singing, EP, EP, can you see me? (laughs) EP has been canceled, but we'll be back with the new 
Comedy show, JP. JP. Uh, a bit more spry. Barely. Are we on? We're going. We're going. Here we we're go. We're going. Okay. So yeah, we're riffing. Uh, we'll pick a point here to start it, but it's basically started, mm-hmm. and there's no turning back. Right. You, you can hear yourself in the headphones. I can hear myself in the headphones. Right. That's uh, half the battle we're with good, podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, by the way, do you think it would have been funny, Johnny mm-hmm. Pemberton? This is Eddie Pepitone. Eddie Pepitone, comedian. Uh, yeah. Lifestyle. You think it would have been funny if um, fucking they had podcasts like back in I don't know, I don't know what era would been would have been hilarious, like like Victorian era, maybe. Maybe Victorian era. Yeah. I say, well. The way I feel about skirts going just above the ankle, I, I think the women who wear skirts just above the ankle are absolute, uh, I would say they're How being dare. very coy. How dare the coyness of such is bold and a bold coyness that was not appreciated. Mr. Darwin discovered some things recently that's mm. absolutely... Oh, it's all trash. It's Tra- all, he made, he's, a make, he's made it all up. He's you full of shit. Hmm. He's totally full. Darwin is full of shit, right? We know that. We, you and I can know. wink at I'm mean, just kidding, no. Wink Wouldn't that be great if I just like lured you in here and I had like this creationist podcast? <laughs> like, you lured me like, into Eddie, a creationist Eddie, I, Eddie, I love podcast? you, but let's, let's talk about your views. Um, I've loved your stand-up. You have a, you have a great on-stage persona. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of stuff you're talking about there that just, you know, come on. Well, come on, really. Like, What do you mean? I mean, I, well, I mean you're talking I'm about this stuff. I'm just being a humanist being, secularist. You're being critical of the United States government. Wow. You're doing that. You're also saying things about yes. religion that's... We know it's not true. Religion. How do you get out of our little village? How do you get out? Is it the five that takes me out of here, John? What? Oh, Is no. this door locked? Oh, it's locked. Um, <sighs> there's some nice people going to come in here. We have a lot of cookies and donuts. You, you and know what I do? Nice. You know what I do when confronted with that? I immediately just take their viewpoint. Like if I think it's a threatening oh, right. situation, I'll be like, no, I, the reason I do that anti-creationist stuff is because I feel like the left is so bullying, but this is where I'm really at. So it's like a, it's like a commentary almost. You're commenting on the, uh, on how, how, how terrible the left is. Yeah, right, so that's like, what I'm really doing. Right, it's like and a, thank God I'm home now. This right. feels like home. Cookies, cookies, and just you know, none, none of this. It's got no like, sex. It's all GMO. It's <laughs> or all GMO. The, we do the GM- GMO. We know that stuff just fine. I mean, mm. don't worry about it. What are you worried about? I'm not worried about. What are you worried Whenever about? I see a Monsanto plane flying <laughs> overhead, spraying stuff, I open my mouth and I'm like, "Give me the Roundup. Give me what you More got. More Roundup." That's their pesticide. The name of the months. <laughs> give me what you got. Monsanto, give me what you got. Hold on a second. I'm, this is like it's crinkling for some reason. I'm getting like a. I don't know. This is the best sounding. Oh, there we go. Now This is the best oh, sounding podcast I've been a part of. Now we go. Now we're good. I'm sorry. Did my, we not no, go? Was, no, we were going. My little head, my little shitty headphones had a short in them, so oh. I wasn't hearing your voice in its full, mm. luscious uh, timbre. Hello. <laughs> this is my luscious voice. Hello. You do As opposed to my flabby body, I still have a luscious voice. That is true. You know, they haven't found a way, uh, you know, like the self-help people right. haven't like gotten, well, maybe a little bit. Voice you know, stuff? Yeah, yeah, voice. Like, like you know, they can always do your body and, right. you know, if I can get money out of you there and your soul. But your voice is just like, hello, yeah. hello, we're depressed inside, but the voice still works. We're depressed inside. <laughs> You know, you could be suicidal, right? Yeah. You could be suicidal. Am I? 
<laughs> no, 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 you're not. I don't think I can be. I'm allowed to be. <laughs> you can be suicidal, but you you could still just have a you fake everybody out with the voice. Totally, it's like, and that's why people go when after you but know you he kills himself. Right? After after the person kills himself, you're kidding. He was singing. He was singing <laughs> "Glory, Glory, Hallelujah" just yesterday. He was, but he he has such a great rising tune. I don't know <laughs> why would Mark kill himself like that? And to do it, I, I think it was an accident. He wouldn't have killed himself. I heard him singing. I heard him singing heard him "Lord sing. out, let's sing, sing up to the praises of Yahweh Way." Hey, yeah, but uh, how is it an accident when a yeah. man when a man ties his neck up with his own dick? <laughs> <laughs> He's graced with that beautiful large penis. Oh God. <laughs> I still don't understand what happened to um, David Carradine. Uh, I, mean, it, uh, I think it was David who yeah. uh, who asphyxiated himself, self-asphyxiation, because <laughs> masturbation to me, uh, you know, I can't do anything complicated. It's just a straightforward <laughs> jerk-off. If I start tying things around my neck and constricting the airflow, I just feel like it takes away from the experience. Oh yeah, well you know what? I get nervous with constricted airflow. I've never tried it, honestly. I've never tried it. Maybe, maybe we're both just missing something grand that's just worth dying for. It's like getting so close to well, the. Well, apparently, edge. right? Apparently, you know, you shouldn't die, right? Right. You know, it's yeah. like, but I think you'd need a helper, a masturbation helper. Yeah. Hello, I'm Tom Fredrickson. <laughs> Do you need a masturbation helper? As you know, one of the Carradines passed away. One of the Carradines. Are there, are there, are there more? Are they like the Osmonds? Oh, my God. There's a lot of them. Really? David, Keith. Uh, I had no and idea. I think there's one more. John. I had no idea. Are they all yeah. actors? Oh, yeah. No, they're not. Are they? Oh, yeah. No, they're not. Google the Carradines, motherfucker. Really? What else are they in? Oh, I don't, I don't well, know, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm right. like, I'm one of these idiots who kind of know facts, but. But you uh, got it. You got the, you know, it's out what there. What was the name of the guy who killed him? Was it Keith or David? David Carradine. It was David. Yeah. So Keith is an actor and okay. John Carradine is an actor. John Carradine is the, is the elder of them. And he was right. like the badass act. Like he was yeah. in a lot of old movies. And then I believe Keith uh, was the youngest, youngest one. And David was the Kung Fu dude. I right. Think. Yeah. Right. The Kung Fu is also was in Kill Bill. But, but Oh, was he the Kill Bill dude? I'm pretty sure. And that was oh, because of bad. the. You know, it's amazing. Is. It's too bad. That you watch you know people do this great work right and uh you know have pretty good careers and then you you read about them and they, they hung themselves in a hotel room masturbating and you're like what was missing what yeah. was missing <laughs> i don't know life is so fucked up dude. i saw some movie there day on tcm it's kind of like playing at our house at all times because my girlfriend is a tcm uh, oh, you know no. loves it and I love some of it, but a lot of it can be just, it's just so dated. It is. But also, some of it, there's no commercials. So that's nice. I love that. Yeah, no commercials. But and this movie came on, and there was, I can't remember what You're it was You're surrounded about. by TCM yeah. all the time. That's I, funny. I've started to enjoy Johnny, it. Johnny, meet me yeah. in St. Louis is on. Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, nah, I'll, I'll, there's traffic. There's well, traffic on the five, dear. There's so many movies I would never have seen if yes. it weren't for them being played on TCM. Like, I'm, I'm not, I probably would have never sat down and watched The Red Shoes. But I did. I'm oh, like, yeah. It's a pretty great movie. It's a, it's it was a that Russian? Uh, it's God. I can't remember now. It's it's about a composer, dancer? And a dancer, ballet dancer. Yeah, I yeah. think I saw that one. Very pretty, very pretty movie. Very pretty. But I saw I saw this movie. I saw some. Uh, I can't remember what it was exactly, but it featured a very attractive young Italian actress. It's about this. I think it's about this. Uh, it, uh, very. Uh, it uh, featured a very young Ita- Italian attractive, actress. Attractive okay, Italian now just, just say this slow. Go ahead. Okay. What happened? Well, I I looked her up online. 
Yes. This was like, oh, I've never seen this actress before. Was it Sophia? No. It's mm. someone someone who is, uh, was famous, but she didn't, um, she didn't really break through. Do you remember through. the name? I can't remember the name. It was a movie about uh, people escaping, convicts escaping a prosecution by going to work in vineyards. I think it's in France or going in Spain. Going to work where? In vineyards. And like, oh, okay. Like hiding out in the vineyards. Oh, okay. And, and there it, are a lot of people in California who hide out in vineyards. Right. I, I hid in a vineyard after bombing once at the improv for about six <laughs> months. I just, it was such a bad uh, bomb. You know, I, I did so poorly this night that I was like, you know what? Let me go work for the Gallo Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> in one of their vineyards in Central California near Fresno. Right. So okay. there were still bookshops like within a few like miles. I would like to do that, actually. That would be a great escape. I don't think so. What would be your ultimate escape if you could have like a thing where, let's mm. say you were incapable of dealing with... It wouldn't with be the, fucking working in the hot sun like that. No, shit. working. Just hiding. Just well, hiding. <laughs> hiding in vineyards. Just like, you know, playing Who is that vineyards. over there? He's a comedian who did not do well last night. There's a special program for uh, failed comedians. Like it's called like a, like a rehab. They get you back on your feet. They rebuild your confidence through through uh, winemaking. They, they through winemaking. Mm-hmm. Now look, uh, for some reason they're Italian in my head, winemakers. But mm. now look, uh, this is so. Now look, uh, we're gonna teach you how to make a subtle Chardonnay. Okay. By the time you finish with this Chardonnay, you will forget all about that bombing, okay? In fact, this is the last time I will even mention it, okay? From now on, (laughs) it is is grapes, it is grapes, it is grapes. And why is the Chardonnay grape so great? It is so small, so delicate. It is so small, like your career. I mean, no, no, I didn't mean that. I I, 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 I meant like the audience. audience. I meant like the audience, small Small, people. Sensitive. Must be Sensitive. handled with care, Mr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. Okay. That is okay. funny comedians. A Riesling, a Riesling. What is a Riesling? Tell me now. <laughs> I don't know what a Riesling. And then the comedian is still bummed out. Like, Fucking Riesling. I don't know what a Riesling is. All I, all I know is that whenever I try to do wine material on a Saturday night at the improv, they're not buying it. No, 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 Mr. Pepperton. Let us forget the improv. Look at the grape. It is all about the grape. It is all about the tiroir. The earth, the terroir. <laughs> uh, that, that's a real the term, tira. actually. The terroir. Ooh, nice. Terra firma? Terra firma, terroir. I think it depends on where you come from. But, but either way, this Italian actress, Yes. I look up her mm. her history on IMDb. Yeah. She was at one point like engaged to James Dean, but her mom didn't approve of it because James Dean was a wild man. She's right. also dated, I believe... Um, what is his name? Uh, the senior Douglas actor. Um, Douglas. Kirk Douglas. Oh, Kirk, Kirk Douglas. Douglas. So she basically dated all these big time. Big she must time have been hot. Actors. She was dating very, very like pretty, the very big pretty. studs in Hollywood. Like dating Kirk a bunch Douglas of big and James studs. Dean. Yeah. Those were two of the biggest. Exactly. And some other, other people I wish too. we would have known, uh, known what her, her name, name is. It wasn't well, Eleanor Dusa. Maybe like we'll do a thing right now where I go like, we both go, and I'll put it in later. I'll plop it in okay. when I go in. I'll oh, I got you. I have like a robot say, boo, do, 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 do. <laughs> but I look up her history and she like mm-hmm. kind of, she did really well at first when she was really young and she kept having like periods of drought and then she'd do a big movie and like a couple of years wouldn't do anything and then the, the, the periods of drought kept going longer and longer and before she turned 30, she... This was before she turned 30. Before she turned 30, she was, I think it was 30, maybe it was 40. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly but evidently her mm-hmm. close friend said she was very... Very uh, scared to turn the specific age. Before she did, she killed herself with barbiturates in a hotel room. Did she? Yeah. In Hollywood? In Hollywood. Because she... Boy, how yeah. rare for a, for an actress <laughs> to have mental 
instability. Exactly. How rare. No, it's a fucked up business. It's a fucked it up is. business. And I, you know, you seem to be seriously, you seem to be very, very even keeled guy. Like I wouldn't think that you later in your career, you know, if you weren't getting a lot of work or whatever would be, well, I think you would just do something else. But I think I would. I think a lot of fucking people, man. And, and, and I'm kind of a lifer in the business, you right. know, 55 and, and like it can get to be a sick thing, like wanting approval, oh, wanting, wanting adoration uh wanting fame you know there's nothing yeah. wrong with wanting money right because That's- you need money to live and you want to live good and stuff but that other stuff it gets weird and and the thing about the business that's very hard mm-hmm. Is that uh, you know you watch people around you get stuff and you're like yeah. I should have gotten that or oh, it's how come terrible. I'm not getting that? It's like a sick evil like mm. poison of sorts. But it's this thing where yeah. yeah, there's this quote I like a lot that I always think about. It's a uh, I think it's been attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt, but maybe it's not. It's uh, uh, It was com- either Eleanor Roosevelt or Shelley Winters. Well, I'm not it, sure. Or one of the jackass guys. I can't remember. <laughs> one but, of the, um, it was either Eleanor Roosevelt or Steve-O. Steve-O. He said, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Oh. And it's, so, it's absolutely true. It's one of those things where the second it's you It's so true, comparing, but you know what's fucked up about sayings like that? Yeah. I'll tell you what's fucked up about sayings like that. Is that you can't fucking help but compare you yourself can't. because as a matter of fact if there was nothing to compare to you wouldn't know where the fuck or who the fuck you were right so i i, I totally understand the sentiment yeah i think it's a thing where uh i think if you're aware and very cognizant of your comparison of the of your tendency to do that yeah. you're already halfway there in terms of like being in a better True. spot because there's people who are just like all oh, like fucking losing losing their fucking minds about everything yeah. and then I realize yeah. oh it's because you can't stay in the moment because you're too busy thinking about other people and what's going on and True. and comparison is inherently unfair because you can't True, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, it doesn't you get know. you anywhere either. It's not like, yeah. How'd you get this job? Well, I compared myself to a lot of people <laughs> for a couple of hours. You know what I did? I, I just, I just, I, I rented a, I, uh, I booked a hotel room a hotel. and just, I just started envying others. And before I knew it, I was booked on this thing. Yeah, I just, I just, I just spent about twelve hours on Facebook looking at other people's accomplishments and just really looking, uh, just really feeling really bad about myself, feeling terrible, just who I was, just really, just, just literally. And, and metaphysically and uh, metaphorically hitting myself, striking myself <laughs> with books, yes. like yeah. sweaters. And the more I hit myself, apparently, the more bookable I mm-hmm. became. Yeah, like, the- I got around <laughs> that I was locked up in a hotel room hurting myself, and sure enough, I got CAA signed me signed off of me. that. And they just, they put me in touch with a lot of these directors, and now I'm just, you know, now I'm turning up, turning stuff down. All I'm took, turning stuff down. All it took was just a real solid weekend. Of envy. Of, of isolation, <laughs> envy, and comparison. And it really, it's just really, it's really got to That'd be funny career. if that person, that person starts <laughs> teaching isolation, envy, and comparison at the Radisson Hotel. Oh my God. Like near LAX, the, uh, yeah. for this weekend only, you can learn how to make it in the business. Isolation, envy, and comparison. The technique that led Johnny Pemberton to bookings all over stage and screen and TV. Johnny Pemberton's isolation, envy, and comparison. Yeah. You show up like just you're 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 bleeding from cutting yourself. Just white as a sheet. White as a sheet, shaking. Said- but you're booking <laughs> shit. Like even when you're giving the lecture right. to like the 350 people who fill the Radisson, your phone won't stop. Yeah. Like your cell phone. Excuse me, I have to take this, and you're crying. What? Oh. You want me on what? Judd? Judd? 
Uh, it's a former student of mine. Well, <laughs> I think I could do Game of Thrones tomorrow, but right now I'm uh, I'm doing a workshop. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help people. Well, I guess I can be in Scotland. How long is the flight? <laughs> oh, you have a special uh, super speed flight. <laughs> oh, good. Super speed. Good. They still have you. You've been on the Concorde, right? You were on the Concorde before? <laughs> they, oh, do they still have that fucking I don't thing? Think they You're do. joking. I think they stopped doing it. The Concorde. Isn't that weird? That Why we, like, did they stop it? Was it because it was... I think uh, the crash. I think it was the crash and maybe... I don't. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, really don't I know. thought it would have something to do... I don't know if it was safety or sound, like the sound barrier. Really? The yeah, sound barrier was, you can't break it anymore? <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what the fuck it was. The sound barrier got wise to us and made a, made a stronger barrier. I remember barrier. that one. It was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, why we can't do that anymore? No more transatlantic. We got uh, two things to do. We have to find out who that Italian actress was and why did the Concorde stop flying? Well, that Italian actress will be. It'll. I'm gonna edit it, it in be. with a nice okay. robotic voice. It'll drop in and we'll seem like. You are referring to Anna Maria Pierangeli, who was born June 19th, 1932, in Cagliari, Sardinia, Italy. She was an actress. Is that good enough for you, idiots? But or. Or not. There's always yeah. that. I like to misspeak on podcasts for the sole purpose of people. Like, um, actually, uh, who you were talking about? You know, just the <laughs> just baiting people. Yeah, to, yeah. Like to cor- baiting people for correction is yeah, is a fun thing. I think. Did you see what Pat Oswalt did on Twitter? Is, is are you serious? Being serious. Okay, because that's he... sort of like, that could be like a baited question. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Patton did this thing see. where he fake apologized, in, like on his tweets. He was right. like, "I'm so sorry for these things I said about the handicapped. Um, I'm ridiculous. They're good people." This is the older, and then he right? would tweet again. This was not too long oh, okay. ago. And then he would he would tweet again. I also what was I thinking when I was talking about you know autism? Like and then all and he, he his point was he just showed how people just got out. Rage. He never even tweeted about anything, right? And, what and all these people just got outraged oh, for nothing. Like his his point was how there's this uh, vanguard or all these um, sentinels out there who like if anybody ever says anything bad, yeah. they fucking jump on. They them. got the Google alert set up ready to fucking be yeah. be the on their moral high ground of sorts that they've created right. for themselves. Yeah, right. Like if you say anything bad on Twitter, yeah. uh, you know anything politically Ugh. incorrect or whatever. Taking a Offense is like a new. It's like the new American pastime. I feel taking like. offense. Yeah, it's because yeah. people love to be offended. There's nothing. There's something about it. People. Oh, here's what I it. think it's about. Yeah. Here's what I think it's about. I think that people feel so powerless in their own lives right. because we live in such a controlled corporate state. Mm-hmm. Like there's really. There's not a lot. You, there, there's no real voting power. Oh, no. There all. really isn't. It's like yeah. one party. And so if someone says something, you feel powerful if you like lash at them on Twitter. This is your one. Because right. people can't be, you know, I've learned you can't be fucking angry and shit in your family life because that gets you nowhere because you get slapped down immediately yeah. by the people you live with. You can't it's say anything. you eat. Yeah. yeah, you can't say anything. You know, if you if you fucking even talk back to people on the street or in a car, you, they could have a gun. They could fucking beat the shit out of you. Right. So on Twitter is the Safe. one place, or where Facebook, wherever, yeah. where or the internet, where you can be like, "Yo, motherfucker, you son of a bitch." No real you power. S- people have no, and I don't mm-hmm. even mean that. People just there. There's no real place where people can really express themselves which is why by the way and this kind of loops back to the beginning of the conversation 
about you know being a performer and an actor i think stand-up comedy is such a great outlet oh the best like yeah you know if you're just an actor in la i think that's fucked because mm-hmm. there's so many of them and not many are successful yeah but if you're a stand-up at least you can go on a stage and kind of get out a lot of stuff safely most of the time yeah it's safe there's an environment to to be expressive and it's a it's yeah. implied that that's what your people are seeing that's what you're there for you're there for uh it's the safety right. of the stage yeah yeah it's like this is a place where uh quote unquote politically incorrect things can be right. said and sort of be, people still safe. get jumped yeah people jumped get on people for, things but that's also like a thing where that's just sort of like a that's like a uh, a work work casualty or what do you call it? It's a, a d- danger of the profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you talk, but you talk about that stuff probably more than any other comedian that I know of. You really get really political, but you oh, yeah. you manage to make it so funny. That's what I love about your stand up is you, oh, thank you you really like you talk about these things that are so severely true. Well, here's why. I, like the reason I feel like I can do this because I know. And this I have to keep in mind, too. Okay. I know I'm so fucked up. Right. Like, like, I talk about how fucked up society is. Right. But what I have to keep in mind, or else I get, like, a really big ego, which I'm so capable of having, mm-hmm. is how fucking emotionally, like, deranged I am and, 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 and like, inadequate, like, my life is. Right. So if I can channel my inadequacies onto like how the whole society runs then i think it's funny right. instead of like standing there but i sometimes i do get on a soapbox but yeah. i think you know if you're going to get on a soapbox um in stand up you really have to make it clear to the to the audience that you think you're an asshole yourself yeah cuz what's well, the thing where you know? you basically tell everyone like i'm i'm in this as well like it's a thing yeah. where you're saying uh, yeah. You're fucked and you're fucked, but so am I. Yeah, we're all fucked. So we're all fucked. Let's uh, let's smile as the as the ship sinks because yeah, you can't bail it out necessarily. Yeah, with, yeah. with the Dixie cups you've been given. <laughs> exactly, you know, but bailing. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down the inevitable. You talk a lot. Of, you have you always talk about the manufacturing base of the. <laughs> well. That. It's true, though. It I mean, true. I mean, you know, there used to be a middle class in, right. this, in this country, meaning here's what that means, that people kind of earned a decent living. You know, mm-hmm. they were kind of they were kind of good, quote unquote, blue collar jobs. Right. You know, now people, I don't know what the fuck they do. If yeah. you're not working in like a high tech industry, if you're not, you right. know, good with that or a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, you have some like profession Some you know legitimate old almost old world professions right extent. yeah right and you're fucked mm-hmm. in this economy you're fucking working i mean look at all it's these people worse. yeah uh, yes it is and look, look at all these people that come out of college with all this debt oh if and enough. they're fucking working as baristas uh-huh. and that's the that's a good job that's a good that's a good job that's a good post-college job i heard some statistic come out just recently maybe from the labor department or something about how mm-hmm. a huge swath of the employment that they claim is happening is all part-time or contract-based. Yes. So no yes. one has any fucking actual jobs. They have these right. jobs where it's like, all right, you're here for uh, six months, and after that, I mean, the jobs are going to be over, or we can renegotiate and see where we're at. So right. So, well, for, yeah. first of all, that allows them not to pay health care. Yes. It's, right? Yeah. There's all, it's all yeah. loophole I'm based. reading a great book right now, mm-hmm. and this is why I try to read 
a lot. And oh, I've you always do? Like, oh, you try to... <laughs> well, I mean, I try to read about... I try to read about... I try to read about the economy... Look at this fucking guy. From left-wing sources, though. We got an asshole in here. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't you laugh at me, Pepto. We got an asshole in here talking about whatever fucking book he's reading. Oh, oh some, some non-fiction, huh? Bill Hicks has that God. famous bit where he goes... God. <laughs> Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks has that famous bit where he goes, where he's in like Alabama or right. some shit, and he's like, he's he's reading a book at a diner. This is an old Bill Hicks routine, yeah. and um, someone goes up to him and goes, "What what you doing? You go, I'm, I'm reading. Mm-hmm. You're reading." And then the guy who's asking Hicks that he turns to him, "Hey fellas, looks like we got ourselves a reader." <laughs> oh my god it's said in the same tone as like uh a much worse yeah, yeah. word well Jeez. and and also i read recently that uh this was a stat from i think 2007 mm-hmm. or 9 42 percent of people who right. graduate college college graduates will never read another book again after they graduate 42 percent that's really weird it's, also, it's a very digital video, video culture. Yeah. There's some comedian who is a L.A. comedian, does a lot of stuff at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a bit that he did where he's talking about- We like, can't say who he is? I guess his name is John Caparulo. Oh, he's, okay. He's very, you know, very well-known big comedian. But I saw, he's seen some bit that he did where he was basically making mm-hmm. fun of books like- like, was he? He was making fun of books, and he's, he's killing. He's making fun of books, like books. What the hell is up with that shit? Like, <laughs> like it's called. The he D- meant it. It's called the DVD, idiot. <laughs> like, I wish I would. You like, can find it on YouTube, but the son It's basically saying, "Why would you read when you can watch a DVD?" And oh like, my god! And yeah, and yeah. that, and and it was killing. It's totally killing. It was on TV. This is like that's one of those things that's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's, it's so brilliant. small-minded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, Wouldn't it be funny if Caparillo actually knew what he was doing there? Right. Like, he actually knew, you know, like he's got tons of books in his house maybe. and he reads constantly. Yeah. But he's well, like, but well, I, I know it would be funny. I do kind of find that hard to believe because I feel like most no, comedians sure are some... are. You have to be mildly intelligent to do it you have to be like very true somewhat so either way i see i remember seeing that and just being like what the heck Ooh, gross what was the book you're reading though tell me the book no the book book i'm reading now is called capital by thomas pinkety okay. and he's a french economist and he's the world's foremost authority right. on the history of wealth inequality globally wow. and he says his basic thesis of this mm-hmm. book is that we basically now live in an oligarchy, oh, yeah. meaning there's oh, a few families, yeah. i.e. the Koch brothers, the Waltons, who mm-hmm. own Walmart, the Koch brothers, like just a few families, and their wealth keeps increasing. It and does. now the major way that wealth is made in America is through capital, not wages. Yeah. Like it's inherited wealth. And it's sort of like, you know... Uh, uh, a throwback to like monarchs mm-hmm. is well it's oligarchs where just a few families fucking right. own everything and the rest of us are like please help me but uh, please th- pl- pl- i mean it's even worse than a monarchy because in a monarchy you'd have subjects and the king typically right 
to make right. himself popular and not get killed by an angry mob <laughs> tends to bestow some type of benevolence on his subjects. And also, you had a big yes. swath of people who were interested, in, who were involved in the church, and the church is mm. traditionally, regardless, you know, aside they from... They throw a few bones. It's a benevolent way. organization. You know, they take care of paupers and mm-hmm. and you know, mm. people. There's there's some sort of benevolence. So like, what we know, have now is Oligarch just... is even worse. It's like the worst... But we have now is... We have now, though, is... Um, and this is what I like to talk about a lot, is is a media in this country mm-hmm. that absolutely brainwashes people oh, yeah. with their smiley-ass news. <laughs> like the news, or, news. Or, and then commercials, and then you know shows. And it's hilarious. Like, I'm conflicted about this because at least I don't do commercials anymore. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I would do a, a, a voiceover, like I, I would do a voiceover thing, but it wouldn't, it couldn't be for like, you know, I wouldn't want to be the spokesperson for like, you know, skinning animals alive. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. like, or, or any fast food thing. But, um, um, uh, like now we have a media that just completely brainwashes people to think that the corporate state is, it's it's okay, it's fun, yeah. and if you're not doing well, why aren't you having fun? Mm-hmm. Why aren't have fun? Isn't that basically the message? Like every commercial <laughs> I see, by the way, spend. I can't take commercials. Like you were just saying, oh, how on TCM they have no commercials. Yeah, Thank Christ, because great. I DVR everything too. Not to brag that I have that kind of <laughs> lifestyle. But when I see commercials, everybody is so fucking happy in them, or yeah. they're unhappy in a snarky hipster way, which means wink, wink. I'm not really unhappy. You know what I mean? I'm bigger than happiness. I'm cooler than that. What I hate is young. I, I hate the young, young people, people who don't who don't know who aren't hip to it, who yeah. aren't organized. Because I'm telling you, young people are going to have to be the ones who because they're getting fucked. There's this writer I like a lot named James Howard Kunstler. You might know about him. He writes a lot about... Is he related to William Kunstler? Everyone always says that. I don't think he is. <laughs> Everyone yeah. says it to William me. William Kunstler, is the, uh, he's the civil rights, yeah. famous civil rights attorney. Now, I don't think he's related, but he, okay. he writes a lot about um, like urban expansion and peak oil and just in terms of like... Um, Peak oil meaning meaning the meaning the the fact that the we're running out of oil. We're running or I don't know why we haven't switched long our, ago to yeah. solar and wind. The, the, yeah. the ecosystem well, is that's another thing. By we the can't way. switch because it's not scalable. That's the big thing he talks about is how how oil is basically it's essentially magic because it allows work to be done. Uh, the amount of energy expended versus energy gained is is a ratio that's unprecedented in all of, all of time. So we have all these all these mm-hmm. things built upon the uh, built upon the that ratio that mm-hmm. that amazing ratio of energy we get uh, like a like a cup of mm-hmm. gasoline does the work of fifteen men in twenty hours so it's like a thing where it's a, right. it's magic it's essentially magic and he talks about how the diminishing returns of that and how how like how suburbia it's it's a kind of a systemic thing because it's all about mm-hmm. the way our life our lives are built around that so. They, right. like sixty, seven years ago, before, uh, bef- before World War Two, and even before that, we had like walkable cities, and we had a, a pretty uh, robust public transit that everyone used, or yeah. at least it was you're able you're able to yeah the 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 footprint of energy use was so much smaller just because it mm-hmm. wasn't a mm-hmm. daily fixture in the life, and how everything has changed since then, and how it's a thing where there's going going back is not going to be 
as easy as it was getting there because the things that would would replace oil and gas are just not scalable to the environment the well, we have. It. Couldn't it? Couldn't it become scalable? Like it what could. is? I mean, wind is inexhaustible. Sun is, is. inexhaustible. Well, it's, the scalable um, thing is more about how water power, wind how balance. it's used. Like in terms of uh-huh. like how because like uh, obviously there's a fleet of millions and millions of cars in the country that all run on. Gas, right? And, to, and you can't just magically switch it over to something else. No, but it has to be done yeah. gradually. Obviously, gradually. But it's 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 like a bumpy road. It's a it's, wait. He, see, yeah. see what I think about guys like him, and, right. and I don't know if, if he talked about this because you talking about him. But the right. oil companies, and, right. and basically, you know, they are the one like those like the Koch brothers' fortune is made from oil. Right. Like these people are absolutely not interested in switching over incrementally right. to solar solar, mm-hmm. wind, and all these... Pa- because they're making money. Oh, yeah. And they, you know, like... And an argument like that, like that guy, whoever you're reading, right. I mean, it's like, does he talk about just the concentration of wealth uh, well, that's he, happening? Exactly. I mean, he, that's why I brought him up, because you were talking about the young people. And his whole thing... Mm-hmm. One of the things he talks about a lot, I mean, he definitely is somewhat of a curmudgeon. I've had him on the podcast a long time ago. Oh, you ago. did? Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, very curmudgeonly, and he, uh, you could say he's a pessimist, but at the same time, he's a really smart pessimist. So he talks about how... Mm-hmm. According to him, in his viewpoint, he sees a current generation that's capable of changing things and maybe saving this, saving the that scenario, from, keeping it from happening, is not interested in it, and they're sort of absorbed with with yeah. what you're talking about, like um, sure, like like bullshit media, or just th- th- there's yeah. not like an interest in mm-hmm. there's not a real interest in seeing this sort of thing what's happening in terms of. Um, Corporations, yeah, maybe don't have your best interests in mind. <laughs> well, you know, another book I'm reading, and again, this isn't to come at your listeners who probably don't read, but another book I'm reading <laughs> is by they use drugs and they read. That's uh, it's the by a guy days. named Neil Postman, and it's I think it was written in the '60s or mm-hmm. '50s, but it's called um, "Amusing Ourselves to Death," and it's exactly. People should get that book, Amusing okay. Ourselves. It was written like 30, 40 years ago, and it's oh, still wow. so That's the prevalent. Great, the old ones that are still prevalent are so ah, interesting. So relevant. It's yeah. like, it's like um, uh, just about how we just want to amuse mm-hmm. ourselves. And, and he wrote this shit before the fucking internet. That's crazy. Before Facebook, before Twitter, yeah. before watching YouTube. Right. It's, that's, that's he was talking very about. Prescient that stuff he was basically talking about it through uh i think television how once we became a visual society and lost touch with uh reading and writing an oration yeah oral yeah uh basically we're just we're just yeah not thinking we don't think as mm-hmm. deeply. Everything is quick. Everything is like, you know, what's my instant gratification? That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Instant gratification is is a great theme to talk about because the world needs people who aren't into instant gratification. Like, mm-hmm. you, you you can get so instantly gratified. You these can. Days. It's so easy. Like, I, I get like a little. A little hit, a little like mm-hmm. little juice squirts mm-hmm. out in my brain when I check my at replies on Twitter. I'm like, of course, fifteen, okay. A little like, there's a little some just right. Takes They've off. done studies that that is the it addictive does. thing. It's the same you know? with like there's a those same studies show that if if you have a sound for your email, an incoming email. Thank God I don't do like, that. Do you yeah, have that? I don't have it. No, I have turned that off a long time ago. And I found <laughs> out about that. Because when you get that ding, I don't know, is it ding? Yeah, it's the same as a casino. I don't have that. But when I look at my phone. 
Yeah. I see three new emails. Like you see the number that's, <gasps> and it's like three new emails. This yeah. is my this is my head. Three new emails. This is gonna be good. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if I got the gig for the Disney thing. I wonder if she got back to me. I wonder. This is gonna be fucking incredible. And and then it could be anything. And then you open them, and it's like just three things. One from the Landmark Theater, talking <laughs> about. One from I ha- I'm on so many fucking uh, like emails about right. about the shit I talk about. <laughs> and when I get them, I just delete them. Except yeah. except that some of them I keep because out of guilt, like oh I should read the Center for Public Inquiry thing. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> I, I don't delete out of yeah, guilt, and I never. And who am I guilty? Thing, like, <laughs> I know. Like, there's no one looking at my email. Like, Johnny, you really should uh, read that email. It's about people you can help. <laughs> yes, oh, oh yes. you're just gonna delete it? Huh? <laughs> uh, we thought more of you when you sent that to you, but I, I suppose you can just delete it and, <laughs> you know, shove those children's faces I, in yes. the sand. I suppose you can delete it, Johnny, and uh, go back to your at Twitter replies from <laughs> the cute girls, which is what you're all about, actually. Why, Johnny, do you? Why, Johnny, do you? Think you're concerned with the starvation all over the world when it's really the at replies from cute girls. <laughs> yeah. That'd be funny. An email from at at replies from cute girls needs your help. <laughs> that would be a cause. You're getting it. You're getting into cause celeb. Yeah, you, cause get, celeb. you get a lot of donations for that, wouldn't oh, you? Yeah. yeah, I think so. But actually, we were talking about in terms of like not reading, not, not reading, mm. but not um, like instant gratification and how like television and stuff. There was some person I, I don't. I read some essay. I don't remember who it was. It was some, you know, high end thinking uh, right. essayist person. Crit, critical, crit, critical prick. theory. Yeah, prick. crit prick. Talking about how mm-hmm. at some point. In time, people became not recognized for their words, but recognized for their face and voice. Mm. And how it used to be, in, mm. like you, when you'd read like letters of uh, to the editor or opinions in a newspaper, or yeah. just any type of any type of um, exchange by words, certain like intellectuals or whatever mm-hmm. would be recognized by their writing, and people to like a normal person. But now. Now no one reads, Now it's all uh, image. To, mm-hmm. It's image like for instance uh that's the hilarious thing now. I can't even watch it. I mean the election process Ooh, like that's hard to right watch. now right now that's there's hard. been right now I don't know if you've seen these on on local television but there's some guy I forget his name. I think it's Bob Shriver or some shit. Right. He's running for some kind of local office. Yeah. And he's got nothing interesting to say in these commercials and this, and this sums up the entire now political process. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing interesting to say, but he looks kind of good. Like he's his hair is good. He's kind of tall, right? Yes. You don't gray, think I have grayish hair? Yes. I think. Yeah, I saw yes. one commercial. Yes. He's talking about like keeping. Hi, I'm Bob Shriver, and we're going to keep film jobs in L.A. Yeah, something like that. Because I can do that at all. Because <laughs> yeah. I have because I have an ability to do something I don't. <laughs> Hi, I'm a magician. I yeah. can change the minds of all seven of the major studios and get them to spend multi-million dollars more than they want to just for for my yeah, like. But it's all just fucking, you know. And they yeah. and they and they blatantly. And this is the other thing that I can't take anymore about even listening to a politician is they blatantly lie. Yeah. And I even think I've heard this that you have to lie big in order for the lie to be believable. Like a small lie is not good. Right. You have to lie. 
big and you just have to commit to the lie and lie even bigger. And they fucking like the Republicans and the Democrats will throw just like, you know, you know, like, you know, under Barack Obama, 100 percent of people are now more unhappy <laughs> like that's okay. a fact and then yep, the democrats we- will put out a car uh you know when the last election mitt romney you know in his spare time kills children or whatever usually it's and republicans not, who are far more nothing is vetted at all and you can't tell right what's like, true because right you can find information to uh to suit any sort of thing you want to say it's just that it's all coming from the same source, at least the media stuff. Yeah. It's all coming from the you same know, pipeline. Yeah. <laughs> pipeline is the from perfect the word. Well, there's, you know? the, there's that good George Saunders article he wrote like probably two or three years ago, maybe more than that. George Saunders. George Saunders. He's that uh, Times columnist. He's, he's great. He writes short stories too, but he's mm. a yeah, great him. book called Pastoralia. And he also wrote one called The Brain Dead Megaphone. And it's mm. an essay. That's the title of the main essay called The Brain Dead Megaphone about how. Mm-hmm. He does this long metaphor that's, you know, way better than I'll say it now, but basically how mm-hmm. with media as it exists now with cable news, like a 24-hour news cycle, it's always right. on, always pumping out. Mm-hmm. So if you had 100 people at a cocktail party and three or four of them had megaphones, they're saying like just shouting, um, airplane, airplane, whatever they're shouting in these megaphones, eventually yeah. everyone's going to start talking about that because it's too difficult to talk about something else when this one fucking person is so goddamn loud. Oh, interesting metaphor for yeah. how the news, that's how they set the agenda for what we talk they about. They do. It's- it makes it funny as a stand-up, though, because I, you know, I... Uh, I love, actually, it's kind of disappeared, I think, a little. Uh, like, I would just go on stage lately and be like, I haven't found that fucking plane. <laughs> and it's driving me and the wife nuts. We were going to go to LACMA today, you know, the Los Angeles County Museum of Modern Art. And I said to my wife, are you fucking crazy? How can we go to LACMA when the pinging device, they're not hearing a ping from the transponder? Baby, <laughs> and that box—they say it only—it tra- only pings for a hundred fucking days. <laughs> yeah, so you got to be on lockdown until it happens. Yeah, that's exactly. No, but I mean, it. they send all this information at you, like like oh, you're watching it going. Be concerned, the pinger. Yes. Like, who gives a shit? Yes. Uh, yeah, that's something that kind of get. I feel like can get you in trouble. But it's the thing where you're supposed to care about so many things that really they don't get, matter. Like they get well, you they, addicted mm-hmm. to. And and I notice this in myself, like when I turn on CNN or, you know, MSNBC or whatever, they get you addicted. Tell me if you don't feel this a little to disasters. Yeah. Like when I turn it on, if there isn't like some crisis, I'm kind of not interested anymore. Yeah. Like if there isn't a takeover or a riot or a crash right. or a big wildfire or... Or, you know, something violent. I'm like, oh, huh, my friend. <laughs> I mean, that's what I always... Do you know what I mean? That's what I always think about. Whenever you hear something like, like that plane disaster, the first thing I think is mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people at CNN who are just like, fuck yes. No. Oh. oh, baby. Yeah, the people who own it. Cha-ching, cha-ching, the people who own it. The it's high fucking, managers. Yeah, you just, yeah. You just rolled... Uh, you it's just, like, Bob, great news. Nuke, Washington just got nuke. Absolutely oh. great news. Ooh, we are going to be selling some ad dollars this quarter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Complete carnage. Here we go. Let's get the theme music. They, they immediately uh-huh. get a theme, by the way. Dun, dun, you know? dun, 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 dun. Crisis on the Pacific. <laughs>
<laughs> it'd be fun, you know the 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 catastrophe the the uh, it'd be funny if you met a uh, a cello player at a party <laughs> and the cello and you're like oh what uh, orchestra do you play for I play for the CNN catastrophic orchestra oh my god <laughs> on call on fucking call to to compose something like Hans yeah. Zimmer stops working for movies he's like they pay me more for CNN I am <laughs> there are so many catastrophes and with the ecosystem about to. A completely collapse. <laughs> we are working on uh, the fragile. We, we are working on the collapse of the ecosystem uh, symphony right now. Oh, best for CNN, and it should be good. Should be. We're going to start with a little Something bit of violin on. representing a coral coral reef dissipating. <laughs> <laughs> That's and when the, people can't breathe, we're going to bring in the trombone. Oh, the trombone, the bassoon, the bassoon, bassoon for the ice caps. <laughs> I was so into that stuff as a, as a kid. I was really into Desert Storm, man. I was into it. Yeah. Reading that Newsweek. I was just like, I was like a news junkie back then. Yeah. Really into it. Ray Bradbury, by the way, not to bring up mm-hmm. another author, he wrote uh, Fahrenheit 451. And um, the book is about how people are in their apartments. It was so, it was so prophetic. Yeah. People in their apartments just watching all kinds of crime shit. Yeah. That's going on around them because they realize that's more interesting than anything fictional. Like, you know, yep. you know, the news feeds you. The local news is so pathetic. Like, in L.A. particularly, I haven't watched. I don't watch. I try not to watch this shit anymore because it depresses me. But, it is like, if you're watching, uh, they used to do this. Do they still do it? The chases, the cops chasing oh, people? I, yeah, you have to watch that. It's incredibly, it's enthralling. <laughs> you're like, you're hoping it I mean, ends with the gun battle, the guy killing himself on. Like, basically, you want to see the guy see taking the-, the gun to his head and talking to the camera. I can't take it anymore, motherfuckers. <laughs> or the police gunning him down or just some kind of violence and then you can turn it like it and it ends like that and then the somber the quasi phony somber you know i love when the newscaster the bolt the way the newscasters bullshit really kills me too it's like well they they act like they're sad but meanwhile they know it's high ratings so they're like well that ended terribly we all (laughs) didn't want it to end like that Mm mm-hmm with John Fredericks blowing his brains out on the I-5. But, but the good news is traffic is now clearing. <laughs> a terrible tragedy. A terrible tragedy. And moving on. just like <laughs> Moving on, the Lakers are looking Lakers, good today. Lakers looking good. Well, the Donald uh, Sterling has said some things. <laughs> we're still not sure if he's... We cannot believe a white billionaire is racist. <laughs> yeah. We absolutely stunned yeah. at that revelation. Yeah, it was like, the first thing I said when I, when I found out about that. I was like, oh, a, a, a billionaire <laughs> treats his employees like shit and has to- <laughs> utter disdain for the people who make him the most money. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's surprising yeah. at all. Yeah. That this fucking deeply out of touch ancient yeah. dying person. Yeah. And then like, what I love is uh, just they milk what they do. Oh, God. That gross. was a hot button issue. Uh-huh. So they milked that. And, and what I love is all the experts they tried out. Like they the, the missing plane was yeah. unreal for the amount of experts. like. And now we have John Fredericks, who used to be a pilot. <laughs> John, uh, what could this plane like? <laughs> Could the plane have gone off course? Would that have been done manually, or is it automatic? Uh, as far as I know, Bob, you cannot <laughs> manually make a plane go a hundred, you know, 
it had to be, you know, some kind of interference. Well, unless there is the possi- there's a possibility that uh, uh, they could have uh, manually done the the wing extraction thing. That's something you're going to have to have two or three people in there. I, I, we, two we don't or three think people. they had that mm-hmm. right there. Well, now we're going to bring in uh, <laughs> Steve Thompson, who is an expert on two or threes. Steve! Uh, two or three? <laughs> Steve, now, uh, Jonah's here saying uh, two or three. Is it three or is it two, guys? Because we really can't get a straight answer here from anybody. The FAA or the uh, the the plane manufacturer has declined to this, comment. This on. to me has all the hallmarks of a three. <laughs> I mean, it's all the hallmarks of a three. Um, I, I'm looking at some of the still photos, and if it were two, there wouldn't be as many glasses. If you notice, there's three glasses. Huh? Just the he's the only guy who can notice. Yeah, the three glasses. Oh, it's the it's there's so three funny. drinking glasses and. You know, I know some people will use two glasses because they're absent-minded, but this looks like three different guys. It looks like three, were, but there's also the possibility that he, one of them was for water and one of them was for a drink he ordered later once he decided what he wanted. Absolutely. So we're not sure yet. We have a call into the waitress who was working the day before who knows the woman who disappeared, and she might mm-hmm. be able to add some insight. Uh, Mel, we have Melanie on the line here. Melanie, can you tell us what happened? Well, I was working that day, and um, they, yeah, she was acting weird. She was definitely... <laughs> you know what? And this is when I, oh, I always notice this when people are fidgety. <laughs> she was extremely fidgety. I said, anything wrong, hon? And she mumbled something about Malaysia. <laughs> and I was like, are, are you amnesia? I think she Milk did. of magnesia? And so now I'm putting it together. Now I'm putting it together. Anyway, she did have a piece of pie. And the coffee, and I'm like, why are you drinking coffee when you're that fidgety? Melanie, thank you very much. Now we're going to go to Steve Steve Thompson. I, it's so funny, I can't think of fake names. Yeah, now so we're going to go to uh, Aaron Johnson. Aaron, um, you are an expert on pings. The, tana- <laughs> the tone of these pings coming from this box, what do you make of it? Bob, I, I've been listening to the pings now, and what I can tell you is that this plane is definitely lost. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh Saw the, some of that Donald Sterling thing yeah. where, uh, well, this is with that with the uh, airplane. I was in an airport and I was watching a pilot watch the airport news where there's another pilot being interviewed about the missing plane. I'm watching this. I'm like, am pi- I in a black hole right now? Yeah, am I currently? It's like a pilot watching a pilot talking about this missing plane in an plane airport. In an just airport. like mm-hmm. makes or I saw this. This was the fucking most fucked up thing I saw. <laughs> I only saw a few seconds of it, but it was just enough to be like, am I alive? Are we fucking it? alive? It was Anderson Cooper being interviewed by some guy, I don't know, Some maybe he's a new talking head, maybe he was just yeah. in there to interview Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper being interviewed by an interviewer about his interview with Donald Sterling. Like, oh what the God. fuck is the point of the interview if this asshole is going to ask you about what that asshole well, said? Well, here's an interesting like, thing about uh, that, nuts. or I don't know, interesting, but an observation about that is the fucking guys who now give the news have become celebrities themselves. Yes. Which is the opposite of what a real journalist is. They're not Because journalists. what a real journalist, they are not they're journalists. They're not journalists. Cooper, Anderson Cooper they're celebrities. not a journalist. They're celebrities. Don Lemon's and they're, not a journalist. None of those guys are Don fucking journalists. Don Lemon, by the way. Good looking guy. <laughs> I, that's what I was going to say. What a handsome man. Handsome man. And somebody who I think could put you to sleep at the drop. Like if you <laughs> have any kind of sleeping disorder, like if you're up at night, put on that just lemon. put on Don Lemon and you will be asleep <laughs> within a fucking couple of seconds. Yeah. He just like He's so smooth. 
Don Lemon, that no matter what it is, like if there was mm-hmm. a nuclear disaster, you're like, well, folks, we've got some, I don't know, I would say horrific news. I'm already asleep by horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys are, they're Honey, not... what put you to sleep? Lemon, honey. Le- le- well, I don't even know. Oh, it was Lemon? Was that Lemon? On- was that Don Lemon? Yeah, he just has his... Instead of like white noise, you play, you know those machines that yeah. play white noise, it's just, just Don Lemon giving the news. Or reading a menu. <laughs> reading... Reading the menu Reading the from La Factory. <laughs> Steam dumplings with chives and yogurt sauce. That sounds good. That sounds good. <clears throat> uh, moving on to the entrance. but they have but journal journalist but these guys have become the story. Like mm-hmm. like for instance, the interview where he's interviewing Anderson Cooper about his interview. It's so like so Anderson, up. you're a story now because you interview. It's like yeah, you know. Well, the weird thing is, I saw the piece he was talking about. <laughs> And, you did. Okay, the thing that journalists, in my mind, are supposed to be, you're supposed to have big fucking balls, and you're supposed to ask people things that make them uncomfortable, because that's Not your job. Not many out there who your do it. Your job is to You know who's great? Have you thing. ever read as a couple but Matt Taibbi? I haven't, no. Oh, you got to check out Matt Taibbi. How do you spell that? Uh, T-A-I-B, I think I-I, okay. or I, Taibbi. Got it. Unbelievable. And he writes, he writes these amazing books. Uh, of course, all the journalists who do ask the tough questions right. get fired. They get let go fired because with- they are then going against the interests of the people who own CNN. Because right. the people who own CNN are billionaires. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to ask, you know, so you're asking billionaires questions. They know. want the status quo machine to keep on oh, yeah. sort of like rolling smoothly. The Anderson Cooper thing, he, he, he Donald Trump said something keeping outlandish. Keeping you honest. Right? <laughs> I'm Anderson Cooper keeping you honest. He said something kind of outlandish and like old man, like super old man out of touch kind Who? of thing, right? Donald Sterling did in the interview. Right. And instead of, instead of Anderson Cooper being like, like well, that, that's not true. Or what did Anderson wrong, say? He just was sort of like, kind of gave this real half-assed, like, well, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. When like, yes, you do. You know oh, exactly yeah. it's not the fucking case. You're a gay man. He's, you're a homosexual right. man, and you're hearing this guy say something. In, is in Anderson a, Cooper gay? He's gay, yeah. He's oh, gay that explains like he's, why he's so beautiful. <laughs> As we eyes. know, heterosexual men don't keep themselves like that. Right, yeah, not at all. And the, the heterosexual hair? men who do, who look that great, to me, are not men. <laughs> All of a sudden, the, the conversation completely takes a turn. <laughs> Fucking Cooper, man. Mm. Fucking mm. AC. Mm. That guy. AC. He just took it. He just took this, what he said to him, and he didn't, even, he didn't push back at all, even though it was directly something like, it was something that he should have been offended by and should have... Or even not have been mm-hmm. offended, just as a person who knows that. But hey, true. but hey, but hey, what yeah. we're even talking about right now is 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 a distraction. Like it is, you know, the top stories should be, but they're not sexy stories. Like how the UN about uh, the the United Nations or the uh, global scientists have talked about how global warming is absolutely not only. You know, are are huge ice sheets melting in Antarctica, which are right. going to heat up the planet to the point where oceans are going to rise? And this is a done deal already. Yeah, it's done. It's happening. It's happening. It was going to happen about. Th- uh, I think I think they said the irreversible portion ha- started happening about in the early seventies. At that point, yeah. it's sort of like there's nothing you can. We're we can talking really about do a now, billionaire but, who yeah. is just this moron. 
you know, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess it's about race, so it has some kind of validity. But, yeah. you know, it's like the way they milk it. Oh, that's the thing, is it? Instead of talking about race mm-hmm. in America and like looking at like real stats and who owns everything, they'll focus in on this one phone. This conversation by this whacked out billionaire who's yeah. got a fucking girlfriend with huge this tits. Fucking no, total lunatic. <laughs> yes, yeah, she is a fucking absolute crazy. It's they they give credence to crazy people mm-hmm. and they don't. They the act, news has become a reality show. Reality show instead of real journalism. Yeah, you give credence to crazy people and you act like there aren't assholes in the world. Like that's right. a, that's what it should be. Just like a uh, new story. This guy's an, an asshole. He's just, they're just assholes. There's sometimes people are just fucking assholes and you can't do anything about it really, you know? But the the way they fuel the controversy, they they, they prop it up to make it, yeah, they they milk it to keep it, to keep that little like drip drip of the- It's it's the reality show mentality. Like, did you hear what he said? And did you see his fucking (laughs) lunatic girlfriend? Instead of like, because people, and and I guess I understand this partly, they don't want to look at the fact that more and more Americans are living on the margins of homelessness or are homeless Mm -hmm. because of the concentration of, well, they'd rather talk about Donald Sterling and what he said and his girlfriend and she's really hot and like, this fucking guy is crazy and, you know, like, I can't fucking believe, you know. And that kind of shit. Yeah, it does nothing. It doesn't solve anything at all. Just sort of like a... It keeps the conversation stupid. Mm Mm-hmm. Keeps it dumb. So it's tough, though, because we're comedians, right? And so you want to know... You kind of have to know what people are thinking and talking about. Yeah. So you can make fun of it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what you do so great. I love that. The way you... uh the way you take it and sort of, it's like you string mm-hmm. it out, then it's like this big sort of sucker punch that comes through. Yeah. I want to take a quick break here. I want to talk to you about uh, Edinburgh and French fries okay. and that stuff real quick. Okay, quick break. Hey, you're listening to Twisting the Wind on the Feral Audio Network. That's Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton on the Feral Audio Network. That's Twisting the Wind, a.k.a. Hands on the Branch, a.k.a. the Executive Buffet, here on the Feral Audio Network Podcast Network. Um, yeah, uh, that's, just, that's pretty much it. Um, I'm going to... Uh, listen. Okay, turn it off. Turn turn now. Listen, I didn't want it to have to be this way. But we need you to donate to Feral Audio. And if you buy shit on Amazon, please go through our Amazon.com portal and help support Twisting the Wind and Feral Audio. Okay, I'll put put, put the music back on. Okay, thanks. Jeez, sorry about that. (laughs) Okay, back to Apatow. Ooh, yeah. CNN, we're here for you. All bread, all circus, all the time. <laughs> That's great. Sour. All bread, all circus, all the time. Whether it's wildfires that are nowhere near you or a plane that no one gives a fuck about except the families of the people who are on it. We're here to scare the shit out of you so you don't effectively organize. CNN. <laughs> oh, my God. CNN. Stay indoors. 
<laughs> that should be their, their slogan. Stay in there. Stay indoors. Absolutely. That's yeah. great. I'm going to okay. use some of that stuff. Cool. Use it. Uh, so you're doing you're doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I am. I'm summer. very scared about it. Uh, You've been there before. I have. I okay. did it once before. And I'll tell you, man, when I travel overseas. Now, have you done Europe yet? I have, a not, bit? I have not done comedy in Europe at all. Okay. No. Well, when I went the first time, first of all, flying. Into into fucking uh, Scotland where Glasgow. the Edinburgh no this is uh, Edinburgh. Edinburgh you don't fly into Edinburgh. Glasgow Edinburgh take a train to Glasgow Glaswegians is that what a man you know what a Glaswegian kiss is do you I know what it is I don't know it's when you get head butted in the nose oh my god those people are, <laughs> they are they're unruly. rough and tumble man they are by the way and drinking is a Time, man. That's what I hear. Whoa, those folks, they, like, especially the Fringe Festival, I don't. Did so you? I just watch this shit with this cold, sober eye going, and everybody's, I call them, they sing, bob, and weave down the streets. Oh my God. Right? They like to sing. You know, die, ba, die, da, die, and they're and they're just weaving back yes. and forth, and I'm just like totally sober, like worried about my show, like kind of just, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. Have you- <laughs> Have you been sober for a long time? Yeah, basically. Well, I'm 55 now, mm-hmm. and I started on this sober journey when I was about, uh, I think, 41 or 42. Yeah. yeah, but I had slips with pot. I like pot. But you don't smoke anymore? I haven't smoked it in four years, four plus years, but it's always there. Yeah. Because so many comedians are big potheads, yeah. you know? It's like... There's a, uh, a Bernie Stevens it's, joke. It's what? Is, oh yes, yeah, yes. The one. A, yeah, that is funny. The, I can't. It's something like if you're if you're if if you're watching a comedian who's never smoked pot, he's not funny or something yeah, like something that. Something effective. There's, there's a lot, some comedians uh, smoke pot, some don't. There's I don't fuck. Something about no, the ones who don't aren't. There's funny. There's two kinds of comedians out there: the ones who smoke pot, the ones who aren't funny. I think oh, that's, that's right. It. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, in, in, going in a fringe festival. Is a wild thing when I I did it. Now I have one year under my belt, so I should be better. Mm-hmm. But um, it's twenty. I think it's something like twenty five shows in twenty six nights, and they're an hour. Okay, you have to do like an hour. Right. And so for me, I'm high energy and I yell a lot. I almost lost my voice in week two. It's a four Shit. week fucking thing. Yeah. And by the end of it, I I was I sort of and I have to watch out for this. I I sort of kind of felt like. Someone you read about, like the old Hollywood guys who, instead of them saying they had a nervous breakdown, they would say they had nervous exhaustion and yeah, they had to go exhaustion. to Palm Springs for a couple of weeks. I was fucking wiped, dude. I bet. There's nothing that wipes you out more than that. It really is a thing. Like, I just did these shows this past weekend, and you know we're doing two shows a night. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I was just featuring. I wasn't headlining. But there's a thing after, like, the second two night shows of shows night. Yeah. where you're not t- you don't want to go to sleep, but I just literally want to fucking stare at a wall. My, yeah, my brain is spent. I well, I really had a tough time because um, my show was at midnight. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Okay, so my show was at midnight, and I wouldn't be able to sleep, dude, till about five a.m., six a.m., seven a.m. Right. Getting to sleep at seven a.m. That's hard because I'm wound up, yeah. crazy, fucking nuts. That post-performance energy. But anyway, Edinburgh is this combination of it's a wildly uh, great thing for a while. It seems like it's too long, the festival. Like, by week three, people want to go home. Right. The performers. But they're not allowed. 
They're not allowed. Come but on it's interesting, back. man, because and I've heard people say this. He goes, yeah, but you must get so good because you're doing you do, so right? many shows. Yeah. It'll be interesting for me. You know, I, I have to get into a routine because what happened to me the first year I did it, which was two years ago, is I got out of my routine. Like, I got to fucking exercise a little, mm-hmm. meditate a little, yeah. get to sleep because I, my, I became just a crazy person, mm-hmm. you know? Getting crepes at seven in the morning. <laughs> oh, I love crepes. Yeah. How did so? How did that? How that start off? Because you seem like mm. I've known a couple of comedians who've been there, but you seem like perfectly suited for that type of thing because you're, you you know, you're yeah. hot. What you talk about is a lot. Of, you have a lot of energy, enthusiasm. It's very theatrical, as opposed yeah. to just being like yeah. this mellow. Yeah. Like, well, it was scary for me the first year because I was like, are they gonna get you know? Because I'm American, right. I was worried. Are Europeans? you know, going to dig all this stuff, but they really do. What they really want is just for you to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Like don't pander like, Oh, I'm gonna, even though I am calling my show this year, rest in peace, USA. It's been fun. But that's authentic for you. Yeah, that is because that's what you talk about. What you think about. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, so it's an endurance thing. Mm -hmm. Um, what's interesting to me, and this is what I loved about it is just meeting all these comedians from Ireland England, uh, you know, Saudi all Arabia. over the fucking world, like Ireland, England, you know, I've met French comedians, German comedians, believe it or not, mm-hmm. Norwegian comedians. Wow. Uh, I actually did a, a comp because of Edinburgh. So it's almost like a, tr- it's almost like a trade show mm-hmm. where people from all over Europe see you and you get, you get reviewed by every major newspaper, wow. like the Guardian, the Independent, like it's a, the Scotsman, like it's an intense thing because they take comedy seriously as opposed in this country where they're like, oh, the clown yeah. is on, look at this fat fuck. Right. Where in, uh, in the UK, you know, they'll be like, oh, this guy is interesting or right. what's he do? You know, they're interested in it because you're delivering something in a, a a message that's hard to to deliver but you do you, you're talking about stuff that's you're making something funny that is hard to make funny and mm. but it's also truthful at the same time it's this kind of but they they, they revere stand-up comedy right. as a profession whereas i don't think they do it in this country yeah but it's crazy it's also crazy because there's like ten thousand shows going on mm. literally something like that wow. there's so many shows so i'm getting produced this time meaning there's a company behind me that is promoing me and advertising right. me and all that stuff and that came out of the first time you went because they yeah. s- I saw yeah, you these guys like me so it was some, is it weird to read those reviews is it, it is where- it is now i got a lot of good reviews but then a couple that weren't so good and that you know that hurts you know like they would always attack my physical really? appearance too that's like sort of, that's sort of- the, the squat bald man who <laughs> shouts in the abyss was on stage uh. last night like shit like that and I'm reading it going like, oh, I should walk more it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of great in a way it's, it's so visceral that it's uh, yes yeah. yes Oh boy, you really learn how to get like a thick skin like when you yeah. get reviewed. Like like I'm kind of at the point right now where it's still – it depends. Like uh, it's dangerous when I'm on the road. Like I was in Atlanta mm-hmm. for three weeks recently not to three hurt weeks. your listening. Oh, listeners. for the, uh, for the I was the filming show. some Adult Swim yeah. stuff. And uh, so, you know, three weeks in a hotel room is too long. So I started Googling myself, which is always Very a bad, bad sign. Very bad. Right after bondage pornography, jerking off to that. And I started Googling myself and I just – I came across like just a, a rough – review of me on yeah. something and I, it hurt me it hurts usually bad. but usually but I've gotten way better like I'll usually read something when someone's not really doesn't right. like me and I can be like oh okay right sometimes it does hurt 
Yeah, I stopped looking at that stuff because it's just something where it doesn't do any good at all. I feel like I have no right yeah, to Yeah, it's smart not to. Some, but it's hard not to when you're in something like Edinburgh and you want to, you know, you kind of know the buzz because you have a publicist. You have a publicist yeah. who's like helping you and, well, I guess oh, Eddie, you got four stars today in the Scotsman. And when they don't tell you, hey, what happened to that independent review? They're like, oh, it wasn't as good as we hoped. And you're like, what? You got to not ask. Yeah, you can't even you gotta ask. Just wait for them to tell you the good stuff, but don't ask. Because some of that stuff, there's some old quote where... um. Uh, it might be even RuPaul. I don't know, but I, just, <laughs> I have no right to know what other people's opinions of, are of me. Mm. It's like a thing where that's a very healthy. Yeah, you shouldn't give a fuck thing. because they're a bunch of fucking. That's a healthy cunts. thing. <laughs> they they're use the word of, "cunt" a lot they in do. the UK, they love it. but it's Coons. not offensive. You know, yeah, fucking cunt. It's not bad. like here where if you call someone a cunt, you're yeah. dead. A woman a cunt, but over there it's like everyone's a cunt. Yeah, fucking. As a matter of fact, Billy Connolly. You know the Scottish oh, comedian. Who's I was the on a plane with him. Get out. I was on a plane. I was going to say Sober something. guy, by the way, for many oh, years. Yeah. That guy is a... You know his backstory? It's a little nuts. bit. The guy grew yeah. up like... It's yeah. one of those things that makes me feel like the biggest pussy in the universe. Oh, really? Why? He had a rough... Rough. In Scotland? Like poor as poor can be. Yeah. Like a troubadour traveling around. Yes. Like, like actually selling his his entertainment to people. Yeah. Like the hard sell. Yeah. Uh, working in a fucking shipyard for a long time. Stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he's the he's a salt of the earth guy, funny guy, oh and God. I and I saw him recently oh, with my wife. We yeah. saw him, we saw him at the uh, Montauban Theater oh, cool. on Vine Street in L.A. about a couple months ago. He he has Parkinson's now. He got yeah, diagnosed with Parkinson's. Seems, he was, and he, he had prostate cancer, but he's over, and he's just fucking still mm -hmm. the funniest fucking guy. And he told this joke, which killed me. He goes, uh, "I met a guy who was such a cunt." I, met, I wish I could. I can't. Why can't I do I the Scottish guy, accent? Such a cunt. I met a, I met a guy who was cunt. such a fucking cunt that I told him if there was a competition to be the biggest cunt in the world, I said you would. I said you would come in second, and he said, "Why would I come in second? Because you're a cunt." <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes. Oh, that guy's yeah, he's amazing. He's an interesting guy. He was reading. Oh, some he's so good. He's so funny, man. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I feel like the French Fest is. It's like the thing where you get to be this. It's a chance to be super authentic. Like it's a real, True. like it's a, a marathon of authenticity. That's so. It's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. and but it is great being exposed to like all these great. Like I, right. I also did a fat right before, and I'm doing it again this year. Uh, it's called. Um, it's named after a phone company, but it's it's this Ivy Garden Festival in uh, Dublin. That's oh, cool. right before Dublin's the. Nice. Uh, the Edinburgh thing, and I met Tommy Tiernan. If you Google these people, you never hear about them here. Yeah. They don't come here. They don't fuck it. First of all, they Why don't. Would you? There's visa problems. Second of all, they're so big in Europe that mm -hmm. they, they don't give a shit. Uh, but guys, there are guys who've crossed over, like Eddie Izzard, a right. couple of guys, like Connolly. But like these other guys you haven't even fucking heard of, and they're geniuses. Yeah. Stuart Lee. If you ever I fucking heard of him. Yeah. check out his shit, Sean Hughes, uh, oh. all these guys are unbelievably great comedians Tommy it, Tiernan David McSavage they're like they're like you're like holy shit mm -hmm. it's and so that's fun what, what gets me is that like I, I mean you think I think about stand up here and I think about like oh I gotta I gotta get this I gotta do this I gotta do it this way but mm. you look well there's always people all over the world who've you know you just you do it how you wanna do it yeah. and if you are steadfast in that you'll it'll Find a way. You don't have to kowtow to like. It's true. I gotta get on this Comedy Central panel show, otherwise my <laughs> career. It's like, 
Those guys are fucking thinking The marketplace about that does fuck you up a little. And, and to me, touring in the States, too, I, I sometimes worry about, oh, I better not be too political here in Alabama. They'll kill me. You know, right. like shit like that. You worry about how different audiences yeah. are going to. But then these days, I think, I think most they crave people, it. Yeah, 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 you're right. I think. I think it's like they see someone like you and like, wow, this is so great to hear something that um, I think people appreciate uh, when you're being appreciate the candor as yeah. opposed to being pandered to because people are still used to being pandered to all the fucking time. Right. I, something I yell out in my act a lot lately is like, what's the matter? Like if, that, if I don't get a big laugh, yeah. I go, what's the matter, folks? Should I be talking about Batman and pussy? <laughs> is that what you want to hear about? Batman and pussy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That, so that that's part of your this. Uh, so it's like a whole new special you have for this uh, this French festival. I'm gonna try. I'm in yeah. the middle, I'm in the process of working out. It's it's wild right now because I'm taping my comedy special mm-hmm. for New Wave, which will be a Netflix thing. That's so cool. Uh, that's right uh, wait, in me, like a couple of weeks, June third and fourth at the Bell House. That's a great venue right? in Brooklyn. Did, yeah. Who else do we know? Someone else recorded there recently, right? Didn't like Delaney do I'm a think, show there? I'm not sure some, who did it, but uh, a lot know. of people perform there. Yeah. Marin does it okay. there. Uh, Todd Barry, I have Colin Quinn and Todd Barry opening for me oh, one night. Oh, well, that's going to be pretty good. Which is pretty fucking good. And oh, so anyway, thanks. June 3rd and 4th at, at the Bell House. So I'm doing that. So I'm kind of focusing on that. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to have like a, about a month to really get my Edinburgh show together. Right. I mean, I, I have a bunch of stuff already, but I'm, right. it's still, I'm just trying to like see what I want to do. How did that first happen? How did you... Ah, you know, Paul Provenza, the great Paul Provenza, right. who is like this guy who knows every comedian in the world. He he just, and he's done the Fringe for years. Okay. Paul has done, and he kept prodding me. He was like, dude, you're going to, they're going to fucking right. love you there. And he convinced me to do it. So when, because isn't it a thing where it's really difficult because you have to basically, you have to do it all yourself. You have to, you have to put it all together initially unless you oh like if you're alone without right. people helping you it's it's a nightmare it's, because well first of all like i said there are literally thousands of shows and and there are so many performers who have gone over there mm-hmm. and they're performing for nobody and it's just a complete and total and they're losing it's a, money it's a wash. and and the, the money yeah. it's so expensive there yeah you know to rent a flat they call it flats instead of apartments wait, wait, also wait. elevators <laughs> or lifts i can i go through a whole a lorry <laughs> that's Peter Laurie. No, no, that's an oh. actor. Um, but the but the, the expense is intense, right? So when you first so, did it, was it something where like Provenza put you in touch with some people to yeah, help you? Uh-huh. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So, or I couldn't. I couldn't have done it. And then yeah. I got some buzz. My big thing. I don't know if you if you heard about this, no. but when I was performing one night, um, uh, you know this this guy. He's a really cool guy. Richard, I'm forgetting his last name, which is really fucked up at me, but but this, this he used to be a journalist, mm-hmm. and he got sick of all the tabloid shit, like the stuff we were talking about. Right. And so he started, and he still does this. I can't believe I don't remember his last name right now, but Rich, oh, uh, what? Uh, it'll come to me, but Rich was a, you know, used to work for Murdoch and all these assholes mm-hmm. over there in the UK, and he fucking quit and started doing, like, started, like, exposing them for what they do right. and he became friends with Hugh Grant. So okay. Rich became Pepiot, his name is Rich Pepiot. And he be, and he has a one man show in Edinburgh and he saw my show and loved me and he brought Hugh Grant. He became friends with Hugh Grant. So he brought Hugh Grant to your show. To see me. Hugh Grant turns up with nine women. It's Hugh Grant I'm not kidding you. It's <laughs> like a cartoon. It's like a cartoon. He turns up with nine women and the people who were 
the quote-unquote bouncers at my show because the first year I was there, I did my show in the basement of this bar, kind of a cool place. Doug Stanhope did it too, okay. Tron. And the bouncers, though, were hard-ass, and they wouldn't let these women – a couple of women didn't have IDs in. So, oh. they, so you, Grant, didn't see my show, and it became a tabloid thing. You, Grant, turned away from American Comedian Show, so I got publicity, nice. and more people started coming to see me because of the you, Grant, flack. Wow, that's great. That's huge, he never Grant. never came back, though. Fucking, fucking prick. Huge. Hey, Hugh, go to Eddie's show this year. You Is he a listener? He's a listener. Fucking cum guzzler. No! Go listen. Go see Eddie's show. So that's going to be, uh, that's in July or something? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. it cool. starts, I think, um, August 1st or 2nd at the Pleasance Above Theater. Rest in peace, nice. USA. It's been fun. Great. And, uh, and then the bitter, people can see The Bitter Buddha. The documentary about you. Yeah, right? they can yeah. see uh, the the bitter Buddha on. Uh, uh, you could you could uh, get it on iTunes or Amazon, mm-hmm. um, or buy the bitter Buddha dot com and um, or EddiePepitone dot com and uh, also listen to my podcast, which I've had you on as a guest. Yeah, you're going to be up soon. These will probably uh, be up on the talks. exact same day. It's called Pep Talk. Pep that Talks would be on the hilarious. All Things Comedy Network. Tons yeah. of great podcasts there. So, how did the bitter Buddha name come about? Is that um, my buddy, my uh, longtime comedy buddy, Sean Conroy, uh, gave me that nickname because I was telling him that uh, I, you know, I'm into Buddhism, but he knows how bitter right. I can be. So he was like, the bitter Buddha. Sean was the uh, the first person I ever met in comedy when I moved to LA. I took his class. Is that right? You yeah. took his class at UCB? Well, I saw him performing with The Swarm in mm. New York when I was in college. Oh. I was like, the fu- I mean, I... I was, it's one of those things where I was like super starved for comedy, but really into it. And I went and saw this show, and it was so goddamn fucking groundbreakingly funny. The Swarm. The Swarm. Yeah, they're, they're like, amazing. There's, Andy Daly, yeah. Sean Conroy, oh Billy Merritt. So uh, funny. Andy Secunda. Um, I think Mike Delaney was in it. Yeah, and I was so impressed by it. Yeah, and they're then amazing. And I, I started taking classes as soon as they opened. And Sean was my teacher, and I just was so like... I just used to like love talking yeah. to him because Sean's like a he's kind of a I want to say brusque you know he's like a he's not like he's the most approachable guy but like right. guys like that I'm always like fuck I don't give a shit you can you don't have to like me I don't care I'm gonna talk to you about your comedy and stuff <laughs> like that I was just so he's such a cool guy such yeah. a, so nice but yeah that's so cool so he gave you that nickname yeah so yeah. you, are you into what type of Buddhism uh, do you uh, do? You, are you interested in? Oh, dude, I just try to meditate occasionally, right. and I read a lot of Buddhism, okay. and I just think it's a beautiful uh, philosophy because it's basically all about compassion. Mm-hmm. You know, being in the moment, realizing that everything is connected. You right. know, it's having respect and honoring all sentient beings. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's it's Kids, it's yeah. it's like it's like the real Jesus stuff, like Sermon on the Mount. It's all about love. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, how do you go wrong with, you know, well, basically you should just love. Mm-hmm. But but Buddhism is really interesting too because it it, it recognizes that we all have demons, right. and they basically are like you know like the Buddha did. You have to sit. And still, and this is the this is the key, and and it, and it kind of loops back to what we've been talking about the right. whole time, you know, amusing ourselves to death. Twitter, Facebook is we you have to the key to serenity, uh, peace is stilling your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about you know emptiness, but it's really a fullness. It's it's always right. this. It's duality. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's a well, duality. yeah. It's actually it's actually the opposite. It's like oneness. It's right. like well, we're it's, all just it's both. part of this. It's yes and yeah. no. It's the same thing. It's both 
massive and tiny. It's like the, uh, the it's all about like acceptance of like just how you feel and knowing that you know we're all part of one organism, and so right. you know, and so it's a deep, deep thing that I. You know, I'm really the worst. I mean, I haven't meditated in a while now because yeah. I've been like a little caffeinated. I'm a little, yeah. I'm a little out of sorts. I got to get back to. Me- I'm always saying that I got to get back yeah. to meditating. I started meditating every day about Are you doing six it? months ago. Yeah, I do transcendental meditation. Me I do that, and I, I, I find it's like it's the greatest thing ever. Like I can't believe I did. Did anyone teach it. you it? Yeah, I, had, I taught. I learned it at the David Lynch Foundation. Are you serious? Yeah, they 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 teach. Uh, med- Where trans- is the David Lynch Foundation? Well, there's a their main place is on Highland Avenue. It's a little house, but they oh. um they teach they do charity work. It's a charity charitable organization. They teach it to like um uh, victims of domestic of, of violence, like inner city school kids that oh. have like a lot of stress. Or they also teach it, teach it to um veterans. Uh, who yeah, has PTSD? It's supposed. To, it's the most effective treatment for PTSD that anyone's wow. ever found. Meditating, meditating, transcendental meditation. Do you do it twice a day? Uh, most of the time, but sometimes mm. I'm, you know, yeah. slip up. But yeah, yeah, good it's for kind, you, man. I, yeah, it's it's great. I think it's like meditating is so. It's really changed so many things how I think about things in terms of just like. Yeah. Well, you're more yeah. of a Buddhist than I am, then, because well, I I, I haven't I been know. doing it lately. I don't know if they, I don't know if there's like a Buddhist. Uh, yeah, I know. Check in. They would say that's a. Ju- there's that's, no Buddhist foursquare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I meditate, I check in at the. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Ugh, that would be hilarious to do that, but yeah, that's so interesting. I just think, I mean, I, I love that um, that moniker that you have in that. The, the bitter Buddha. Yeah, yeah, it's just such a great like the contradiction because I find that sometimes even when I meditate, I um I'm like I feel, I feel like more stressed after this. <laughs> even though, I know, I yeah, know what you're saying. Thing. Well, well, what we can do a mm-hmm. lot, and, and they talk about this, is that we judge. How yeah, we meditate, which is like, but God, that judge. sucked. Yeah, fuck, I didn't get still at all. Think it's still. I didn't have any visions. I'm so fucking speedy, and I all yeah. I do is think, think, think. Well, that's what they always talk about. How it should be the opposite. It should be a thing that no judgment. All things will pass. There's no good or bad. Everything is the same. It's all just. Everything is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, they. It, it's just. It's not that everything is terrible. They. 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 It's like the basic thrust of it is that underneath this, like, like we get. We, we were talking about it. You know, right. Donald Sterling bullshit. The missing plane. Underneath it all, you know, is this quiet heartbeat of the universe. Mm-hmm. That is the reality we all should be in, and it, that that would be funny if that's the top story in CNN. You know, like today's top story: <laughs> a quiet heartbeat underneath all the noise is actually all the peace that passeth understanding. Standing by is Anderson Cooper in the middle of the peace, Anderson. Hi. Oh, hi. Uh, we're, we're here right now, and we've discovered that everything is everything. And all, <laughs> all yeah. things are equal, and all all is one. Bill Hicks a bit so, about that, too. So, um, I guess we're going to be shutting down now. Well, Eddie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Johnny. Do you want to say anything else? No, that's about it. People Listen know where to, to see me on Pep Talks on, Pep Talks. on the see ATC the Network. And, um, Go yeah, to see the- me in the Bell House, and then I'm doing the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. Oh, when are you doing that? June 19th through 21 awesome. or 2, and uh, like that. Beautiful. Eddie Pepitone on Twitter.
National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.